Well, good morning, Nukov. It is so good to see you. Thanks for making the effort to be here. Uh, the only reason I do experiments is because I like doing them. I'll make it fit whatever the service is. And 60% of the time, my experiments work 100% of the time. So, so uh, we spent the last several months working our way through the book of Colossians. Uh, just four chapters. And, and this is not new to those of you who call New Cove home. But uh, our goal is not to get through a book. But our goal is for the truths of the book to get into us. And so the three questions that I think, and I want to challenge you to go back through the book of Colossians carefully and slowly. And again, stop where it speaks to you and ask these three questions. What is this saying about God? What is God saying to me? And then what am I going to do about it? Or those of you who grew up in church, don't just be hearers of the word, be doers of the word. So what does this say about God? In him, all things hold together. He's magnificent. He's, he's beyond whatever we can think or imagine. He created the universe. Everything we see, we can't see. He created. What does that say about God? What is, that, what is God saying to me? He can hold my life together. And so what am I going to do about it? Well, I'm going to trust him. Put my hope and trust in him. So the Colossians 1 passage says... He is the image, speaking of Jesus, he is the image of the invisible God. For by him, all things were created, things in heaven, things on earth, visible, invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things were created by him and for him. He is before him, but he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Here's what this is saying. God knows everything from beyond origin to beyond destiny. Wow. What is that saying about God? What is that saying to me? What does he want me to do about this? Remember that what is out of your control exists under the careful control of the one who's beyond origin, beyond destiny, who's all wise, all good, all loving. Wow. I could just say goodnight, everybody. Or good... Some of you would like that. Not today. So what is God saying to me about this? It's stunning to know that God knows absolutely everything. Yes, you heard it right. God knows everything. He's unsearchable. His grasp has no beginning Oh, his grasp on what has no beginning is beyond everything. There's nothing that surprises him. He's not perplexed at what's going on in our world. He's not perplexed in what's going on in your world. Nothing surprises him. And he holds all things together. In him, all things hold together. God knows everything from beyond origin to beyond destiny. So here's kind of where 
all of Colossians lands. The preeminence of Jesus, meaning first, absolutely first. There's no competition whatsoever. He is first. The preeminence of Jesus, Jesus, creator, redeemer, and Lord of creation, is the central theme. The book of Colossians is all about Christ alone, not Jesus plus. But the temptation, especially for those of us who grew up in church, to check all the boxes, it's to do more, do more, do more, do more. Trying to please God instead of as a result of loving God. I shared this, but as I moved to the, the ten names, this is what Watchman Nee had to say. Outside of Christ, I'm only a sinner. But in Christ, I'm forgiven. In him, all things Hold together. Outside of Christ, I'm empty. In Christ, I am full. Outside of Christ, I'm weak. In Christ, I'm strong. Outside of Christ, I cannot. But in Christ, I'm more than able. Outside of Christ, I've been defeated. In Christ, I'm already victorious. We also learn in the gospel, we come to understand that death is the inescapable pathway to life. Ah. In other words, not my will, but your will be done. We follow the example. Sidney and Caitlin just getting baptized. Buried with Christ in baptism. Raised to walk in newness of life. Death to life. Death to life. Death to ourselves. Life comes when we say no to self and yes to Jesus. We also learn there's no aspect of our lives that gets sealed off for compartmentalization. In other words, whatever you do, do all in the name of Jesus. God has you exactly where he wants you. And so you live in, 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 as a result of that, trying to live your life in such a way that people see Jesus in you. Leveraging what you're really good at, what you're powerful at. Last week we learned that prayer is abandoning your place in the center of your world. And daily, and that for me, it's momentarily, moment by moment, it's daily surrendering that place to God alone as an act of heartfelt worship. Because in him, all things hold together. And so there's a lot of activity in my own life between trusting and worrying, trusting, worrying, trustworthy, trustworthy. But every time I start to worry about it, I think, in him, all things hold together. Okay. So Paul, in closing, takes time to mention ten people. Joy read them to us. Let's talk about Tychius. Tychius is only mentioned in the Bible five times, but listen to how, only five times, but listen to how he's described. He's a faithful minister and a fellow servant who was with Paul during his first Roman imprisonment. Who wouldn't want that to be said about you? That you are faithful, you are consistent, and you come alongside those that are in prison, literally and figuratively. That you're a faithful friend. Who would want to be Tychius? How about Onesimus? All of you have been wanting to know who Onesimus is. He's a fugitive slave of Philemon. He was a slave of Philemon. He runs off and he steals a bunch of stuff from Philemon. Providentially, guess who Onesimus runs into? Paul. And he comes to become a follower of Jesus. And Paul urges uh, Onesimus to go back to Philemon 
and he urges Philemon to accept him, are you ready for this, as a brother in Christ, not as a slave. Wow. Onesimus had been so helpful, what the Bible says, so helpful that Paul longed for him to stay at his side. What a, I mean, think about this. When you're down and out and you long for somebody to be in, in your corner with you, this is the kind of guy Onesimus was. How about Jesus, the one called Justice? This is not Jesus, the Son of God. Interesting, it says that he is, he among only a few Jewish believers were among co-workers that they were working for the kingdom of God. I have a friend who has, I, I, I listen to him, watch him, and this guy talks about the kingdom of God in almost every situation he's in. And what does that mean? May what's going on up there happen down here. So in whatever, whatever life plays out, the good that gets poured and the bad that gets poured on us, the kingdom of God says, God, what I'm going through, may, may your will be done, not my will. May what's going on up there happen down here. Okay, let's don't talk about Luke the doctor. We know enough about Luke. We've studied Luke. He was a doctor. He was meticulous. Let's talk about Epaphras. Only mentioned three times in the, in the New Testament. But here's how he's described. As a faithful servant, faithful minister, and servant of Christ. Listen to this. Always wrestling in prayer. He doesn't hydroplane over his prayer. He has a prayer list that he wrestles with. Do you? That you, you, have, you care enough that you wrestle in prayer for the people that are around you. That represents a fellow servant of Christ. Aristarchus. Let's talk about him. Only a few times mentioned, but here it, here it comes along. A faithful follower of Christ. And served alongside Paul. Do you, are you getting the... Are you kind of getting, letting all the dots connect? Faithful servant comes alongside others. Faithful to Christ comes alongside others. Faithful to God serves alongside others. You see, you don't need to be high profile to make a difference in the kingdom of God. Let's talk about Mark. You probably think we know enough about Mark. But here's what I think is so interesting. Paul calls Mark to come alongside him. Now, if you'll remember, Mark and, and Paul had a strong disagreement. In fact, it got so heated that they went separate ways. But here Paul is toward the end of his life, and he's saying, man, I, want to, I need Mark to come alongside. He worked through conflict Conflict happens. And the tendency is for us to pull up the drawbridge and become just apoplectic in, in, in anybody who disagrees with us. Not just try to understand the differences, but, but angry, forceful anger towards those who don't agree with us. But here, they worked through it. He was with Paul. He, he, he comes alongside Paul at the end of his life. Let's talk about Demas. Demas was with Paul during Paul's second 
imprisonment in Rome. But what you may not remember about Demas is that he abandoned Paul in the first, uh, when Paul was in prison. And he turned his back on the faith. It's never too late to come back to Jesus. Because he says, Demas sends his, his, his regard as well. So somewhere along the line, Demas recognizes that trying to make life work apart from God's not a good idea. It's never too late. Never too late to come back to Jesus. Let's talk about Nympha. All we know about Nympha is that Nympha had a large house enough to accommodate regular church meetings. And you think, well, what's the big deal? Are you kidding? Welcoming people into your home? Lives change when feet land under your table. It happens. Major conversations happen. Major life changes, changing decisions happen when people put their feet underneath your table. This is a gift of hospitality. How about Archippus? Known as a fellow soldier. We rarely hear anything about Archippus. But he's a fellow soldier. So why these ten people? Why would he close the letter in this manner? He's talking about the power of community. Never underestimate the difference you're making in the lives of those around you. And I believe the greatest impact happens as a result of mundane moments. Now, my grandkids are here today. They are not going to remember one message I spoke of here. <laughs> they are not saying, man, you remember when Thor said this up at the church? You know what they're going to remember? Hide and go seek in the dark. They're going to remember us hanging out on fun Fridays. Lives change not by how powerful you are up front, but the mundane moments that matter around you. Now, speaking of grandkids, being present in people's lives requires inconvenience and sacrifice. It just comes with that of being a good friend. It's inconvenient to be a good friend. But that's what matters in life. Community matters. Jesus counted you and me as more significant than his own life. So what do we do with this? You let these names marinate today. And realize it's never too late to turn to Jesus. That faithfulness is what matters, not the spotlight. Behind the scenes, the mundane matters. And it's inconvenient to care about people. Because people are messy. And conflict will happen. Think about the most irritating person in your life. They're with you today. It matters to, to work through conflict, not run from it. And watch what you say. 
because relationships matter. Now, last week, I urged you to do the Bible.com reading called Kingdom Prayers. I want to just say it to you again. I was talking to one of my friends this morning, and I said, I'm on day 90. And he said, it's only a 30-day reading plan. (laughs) And it's taken me 90 days, and Karen and I are like on actual day like 14 because we're trying to get the prayer into us, not get through the prayer system. There are some days we just stop on, on one phrase and think, oh my gosh, that should, that should be all, that's all I needed to hear today. And ask God to redeem what we've read. If you haven't tried it, Kingdom Prayers, uh, it's written by a guy named Curtis Sargent who has been all over the world sharing his faith. Uh, he's the real deal. And they're prayers that he has written as a result of Scripture, and the Scripture's involved with it as well. I'd encourage, urge you to look it up, Bible.com, uh, version, uh, Kingdom Prayers. Let me pray for us. Father, I pray that we would live our lives in such a way that it matters to the people around us. Thank you that faithfulness is what matters. Thank you that you have placed us in a place where there are, you know the people that we need to impact, and so you put them in our pathway at work, at school this week. Father, I pray that our students would look around and look in their class and realize I get to have influence over these people who are sitting next to me. So, Father, I pray that we would be a, a church that pursues you and pursues other people to, you know, with the hopes of sharing Christ with them. Praise in Jesus' name. Amen.